By now, some of you aren't. This is fresh popcorn, and it says popcorn on the bag. You saw the dangers of sticking your whole face in there, especially during worship service. You will get paper cuts, so don't do that. But if you want popcorn, we also have chocolate donuts. There's still about a dozen chocolate donuts. Anybody need a donut refill? There's some regular ones, too. We, we need them. Actually, that's part of the rules. You've got to eat the food before you get to leave. We lock the doors, and, and you, can't, uh, you can't leave. And since we have a bunch of new folks who haven't been here every week, there is one rule we have. This is the movie theater type deal, but there is no making out on the back row. All right? Absolutely none. Um, we do not put up with that. We do not promote that either. Um, although I've heard some of the people in our church engaged in those type of activities back when they were back in the day, way back in the day. Um, we are going to be watching The Incredibles. And uh, are we going to have testimonial time over there? Okay. Um, we're watching The Incredibles, and we want you to, um, to be able to, to take some things out of the service today. One of the things I want you to watch is his attitude towards life, and I want you to pay attention to that as we see the different movie clips uh, today as we go along. Here's the first movie clip. I need you to do me a favor. Jeff, I'm a little bit live. I feel like I'm in a barrel up here. Take me out a little bit. Okay, you have a registration card in your seat. Would you um, take that card and would you fill that out for us and hold on to that? We'll have you do something in a minute. 
And then I'm going to have, uh, let's see, Ashley and Ashley and Danielle, if y'all would do me a favor here. I need some help passing out a card here. Now, I want you just to hold on to this card and um, I'll tell you what to do with it in a little bit as well. But you can go ahead and be filling that out. There's some. There's some. Make sure everybody gets cards. And while you're doing that, hold on to them, because I'll tell you what to do with that in just a second. Nathan, come here. Where'd Nathan go? Come here, Nathan. Now, it's hard to imagine that that Nathan, um, I mean, all of us look at him as a college student already. But this Nathan was homeschooled for years, and this was actually the year that he graduated from high school, although he, uh, thank you so much. And at times, it's easy to imagine he's as young as he is. Um, but uh, Nathan's playing drums for us, and, and we wanted to congratulate him on, on graduating from high school, although he's already taking college classes and doing all that stuff. Nathan just went and, and took a uh, motorcycle, uh, what's it called? Motorsport training. Motorsport training class. Everybody say, ooh. He did that last week, and so now he has his, his uh, motorcycle license. Yeah. So watch out. Be safe on the streets. Um, but what we wanted to do, we wanted to give him a gift. And since he's so into motorcycles, we thought what we'd do is we'd give him a gift certificate from uh, the Honda, Tyler Honda, so that you can go and you can use this on, on just about anything that you want to do. And we just want to say we're proud of you and we appreciate you. Thanks, and we're man. glad that, that you're a part of it. Thanks, guys. Now, if you have your the Incredibles in My Life card... Um, if you turn it over and if you've got a weak star on the back, my pen ran out of ink. So if you've got a star on the back of your Incredibles card, tell me who you are. Oh, all right. What you get every week. We are handing out prizes. You get a copy of the video that we are showing today. So you get to watch the Incredibles. Y'all enjoyed it the other night, didn't you? I heard you. And you get a Video Guy t-shirt and you get two movie passes. See, it pays to come to church. We're trying to get folks to come at all, at all times because we want you to know that church can be fun. How many of you grew up believing that church was fun? Let me see your hands. That is not enough. So we are out to change that perception of church. Do what? Some of you did. Some of you did. But, but the vast majority, if we just did the percentages, 2% of this crowd grew up thinking that church was fun. We want church to be fun. Now, Mr. Incredible was out to save the world. He was a super, and if you've ever watched the movie, how many of you have seen the movie? He is a super, which means he has superpowers, and he is out to save the world, and life is good. He is so busy saving the planet that he almost is late to his own wedding. That's what we saw. He comes in late, and she reminds him. She says, if we're going to make this marriage work, you've got to be more than Mr. Incredible. You know that, right? And then she says, for better, for worse, you know that, right? And he says, we're superheroes. What, could, what possibly could go wrong? Well, what happens? Life happens. Yeah, he gets sued. That's exactly right. He gets sued for doing good stuff. I think that's pretty much a commentary on our lawsuit happy society. But anyway, we won't go there. That's, that's a topic for another day. Mr. Incredible is so caught up in what he thinks is his incredible life that, that he forgets that marriage takes work. Being, being a parent takes work. It doesn't just happen overnight. Life isn't fair. Pain visits us all. And pressure consumes you. Who here does not have any pressure going on in your life right now? Let me see your hand. 
Okay, so everyone can relate to this. Pressure happens in life, right? And without wisdom, this takes us to our first point on your listening guide today. Without wisdom, it can leave us, life can leave us incredibly isolated. Incredibly isolated. Now, this next clip that we're going to see, Mr. Incredible is working in a job he absolutely hates. Because he got sued, because this is the superhero relocation program, he can't do superhero work anymore. So he's an insurance salesman. He hates it because he's supposed to protect the insurance company, not the people that he's trying to insure. So he sees people all the time getting ripped off. He hates his job. He's unfulfilled everything he's having trouble with. There's no proper outlet for recreation. There's no proper outlet for the refreshing of his soul. Kind of sounds like some people that maybe you know, maybe some people in this room. You're working too hard. You're not being recreated. That's what recreation means, to recreate your soul, to be refreshed. The Bible calls it being refreshed from the presence of the Lord. A lot of people don't take time for that. So their lives are not only boring, they're out of control. And I want you to watch this scene and tell me if you haven't seen this in way too many American households.
that nice of you to drop by. Huh? You ever heard that before? Now, they actually look pretty normal, don't they? Now, I want to know which member of that family is happy. Jack-Jack. He's getting food and getting his diaper changed and he gets put to bed, you know. He's pretty happy. But the rest of the family is isolated and they are unhappy. Um, And it looks pretty much like the normal American family. I want you to see what Ecclesiastes 4.10 says. The Bible is intensely practical. Here's what it says. People who are alone when they fall are in real trouble. And what that really means is people who are alone when life happens. Life is happening to this family. Life is happening to my family. Life is happening to your family. And people who are alone when life happens are in real trouble. You've got to have friends. You need a church family to help you whenever life happens. God created us to be together. We are better together than we are apart. We're happier together than we are apart. Well, if that's true, then why are so many of us unhappy and alone? Well, the basic problem is we don't prioritize and then reprioritize. I have to set out to make my family a priority today, and I've got to do it again tomorrow, and I've got to do it again the next day, because life happens and pulls me away from my family and my priorities. There's a man named Sidi Yomtov, an Israeli chip designer for National Semiconductor. He developed a way to combine 43 different computer chips on one small silicone wafer. Miniaturization is a big deal in our world today, right? And so he poured all of his life into this. And I want you to listen to what he says. The pressure that he was under, and by extension, the National Semiconductor was under, and and, uh, Sidi Yamtov was under, to design this chip. Here's what it says. Coordinating a team of 90 engineers in four different time zones. 90 engineers, four different time zones. Yomtov is at work or on the road so much that his three daughters in Tel Aviv erected a life-size cardboard cutout of him in the family's living room. Here's what he said. I put my entire prestige of two decades at National Semiconductor behind this project. I was afraid that if it didn't work, I might not be able to show my face again. Now, I wonder, is this cardboard cutout, is that a joke? Is that a family joke? Or is it a band-aid over a festering wound in the family? I think it's probably a band-aid. How sad that this man could be so worried about losing face that he risks losing his family. He's worried about what other people think. He's not worried about what his, his family thinks. So before we throw stones at this guy and say, oh, well, I'm not ever like that, let's ask ourselves a few tough, tough questions. How many times have I placed my career before my family, uh, my wife, and my own spiritual well-being? How many times have I done that? How many times have I allowed the pursuit of recognition among my peers to be the driving force of my life so that my family is no longer 
the number one consideration in my home. How often have I gone home only to obsess over unfinished work so that I spend the whole weekend distracted about what I need to get done and I'm not fully present with my family during the family? That stuff happens more than I want to admit, probably more than you want to admit as well. Is my involvement with my family two-dimensional like a cardboard cutout? Or is it three-dimensional? Am I fully engaged when I'm present with my family? My family needs me, not a substitute, not a Kodak moment, and not the promise of my presence. My family needs my presence. Well, okay, if the typical family is incredibly isolated, there's an antidote to this problem. And that's your second point. It is to be incredibly present. And I'll, t- I'll explain this. I want you to watch this scene, and I want you to notice the difference in dad's attitude and notice the difference in the children as well um, as he becomes more present with them. He was a new man. And he had a new family, didn't he? Everything was better. His daughter looked better. His son was happy. Jack Jack was happy. His wife was very happy. All because he became more present with him. And what made the difference? Why did he become a new man? It was all in his attitude. Now, if you've seen the show, then you know that he starts doing super, superhero work again. And, and that makes the difference in how he... Um, treats his family because he realized he was created for so much more than just being an insurance salesman. Not that there's anything wrong with that. If God's called you to be an insurance salesman, be the best insurance salesman you can be. God calls us all to do different things, but when we're in an unfulfilling job, it very often spills over to our family. The problem is that the man was still totally self-absorbed. He was happy when good things happened. He was happy because everything was going well in his life. Had nothing to do with the rest of his family. And the problem with that is, where does the word happy come from? Happening. Same root word as happening. And the problem is, if good things are happening in your life and all you're seeking is happiness in the world, if good things are happening in your life, then you're happy. If bad things are happening in your life, you're unhappy. Well, that's a sorry way to live. There's got to be a better alternative. And Jesus said there is. He talked about having joy. Joy is not the same thing as happiness. Now, I want you to look what the, how the Bible describes it in James 1, verses 2 and 3. Whenever trouble comes your way, let it be an opportunity for joy. Now, that makes no stinking sense whatsoever if you are looking at it from this world's point of view. 
When trouble comes, let it be an opportunity for joy. I do not understand. Here's why. For when your faith is tested, your endurance has a chance to grow. Well, what's James saying? Whenever life happens, and life is going to happen to all of us, you're going to have pain. If you're not in pain now, you're going to go into pain or you just came out of pain. There's going to be pain. Jesus said you're going to have trouble in this world. You're going to have pain. So what do we do? We look at it as an opportunity to grow, for God to, to, to come and do some amazing things in our life. When, when life happens, then we're supposed to look to God. It is perfectly natural for us to be unhappy when bad things happen. It is supernatural to have joy when bad things happen. And that means I can't do it in myself. That means there must be a higher power who's going to come into my life and enable me to do to think about things in a different way, to see things in a different perspective and realize that the bad stuff that's happening today is not all-encompassing. That's not my whole life that's happening today. It's just a season that I'm going through. When I look with a long-term perspective, I have a whole lot better attitude. You do too. When I only look at the bad stuff that's happening right now, it looks like a big mountain in front of me. I think, oh no, I will never make it over this mountain. And it affects everything I do. It affects the way I treat my wife, my family, my job, my friends, everybody. God has a purpose for everything. And God never wastes your pain. Usually He gives you a point of contact with somebody else who's gone through that pain. But if you choose, only if you choose to let Him. To be incredibly present with our families means that we don't get so caught up in what happened yesterday. My kids don't give a rip that I've lost money in the stock market. They don't care. My kids don't care that my team never won the state championship in baseball or football when I was in high school. Eh, it doesn't matter to them. Um, my kids don't care where I went to college. My kids really don't care a whole lot about what happened before they were born. All they're asking is, Daddy, can we play today? Daddy, do you love me today? Daddy, can we do something today? My children are focused on today. So if I'm going to be present with them, then I've got to make a decision that when I'm present, I will be fully present. I like to go home and read the, the Dallas Morning News on Sunday afternoons. And my kids will go, oh, no. Daddy got a long paper. Because the Palestine paper is a short paper. They like the Palestine paper. The Dallas Morning News, oh, no. I love to read the paper, but I only do it once a week. And today's Father's Day, so you better believe I'm reading it today. But after that... After that, then I'm going to play with them. Ephesians 5, 15 and 16 says, Live life with a due sense of responsibility, not as those who do not know the meaning of life, but as those who do. Make the best use of your time. How do you do that? How do you make the best use of your time? Janie and I have been talking about this. The kids always want to drive with the windows down in the car. And we used to always say, no, 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 because we got the air conditioner on. But she said, I've just got to thinking, what's it going to hurt? My kids will come up and say, Dad, will you play this? And I may be tired. And, and we've got this thinking going on that we're going to try to, to get up out of the chair, not read the paper so much, not watch the TV so much, play with our kids. Turn the TV off, go outside and play and make some memories. The, here's what we're going to try in order to be more present with our kids. I, I saw this idea. There's a children's book out called The Memory Box, written by Mary Barr. In it, it tells about a boy's relationship with his grandfather, um, captured during the summer vacation at his grandparents' uh, cabin. The grandfather has just learned that he has Alzheimer's and he wants to make sure important memories won't be forgotten. Here's what he says. It was your great-grandmother who told me about the memory box, Gramps says. It's a special box that stores family tales and traditions. An old person and a young person fill the box together. That way, no matter what happens to the old person, the memories are saved forever. For the rest of the grandson's vacation, you can imagine what happens. 
Every fishing trip, they not only catch fish, they snag a small memento and they put it in their memory box. On the day that they picked blueberries, another reminder was tossed into the box. Grandpa also found some old pictures to put in the box. Pictures of his grandson at his second birthday party. A shot of Graham in her wedding dress. Even one of Gramps in his football uniform back when he had hair. As the summer progressed, so did the Alzheimer's. The grandfather, grandfather began to forget things, get lost in the woods. Finally, it was time for the boy to return home. As the car hit the top of the hill, the boy says, I watched Gramps slowly disappear into the horizon, and I hugged my memory box. Janie and I have been talking about it. We're getting some boxes this week, and I'm going to start a box with each of my kids, and we're just going to start capturing memories together. One day our kids will see us fade into the distance, either through age or illness. It's going to happen. I'm watching my dad, um, 83 years old, just turned 83, and I'm watching my dad. He can't even walk upright anymore. Dad walks with a cane. He's constantly in pain, and it hurts me to watch my daddy. I remember one time Dad taking me to um, a circus, and I remember thinking at that time he was old. He was 42 when I was born, so this was, he was in his 50s when I was about 10 years old. He took me to the circus. And I said, Dad, I'll race you to the car. And I thought, I will blow the old man away. He smoked me. I was eating his dust. And I've never forgotten that. And here's my dad, 83 years old, and he can hardly walk. I did ask him if he could beat me anymore, and he said no. He couldn't. He said he could whip me, but he couldn't outrun me anymore. Um, so the pictures that we have are all that are going to be left behind with our children. Remember the shirt you were wearing when you played ball with your son or your daughter? They do. You might not remember, but they will. They'll remember how you talked to them and what you said. Robert Fulgham says this, Don't worry that your children never listen to you. Worry that they are always watching you. Oh, that hurts. <laughs> children perceive life in concrete terms. And so they watch and remember storing away pictures. The concepts of the Bible, like forgiveness of sin, repentance, peace, patience, love, reconciliation, those things become concrete as our children observe those things in us. It's not enough for us to say it. We've got to act it out in front of them. So what does your child see in the life that you're living? Does he recall the way you looked at him again with disgust when he spilled the milk again? I'm guilty of that. They're just children. When I smile and help them clean it up, oh, it just melts away the problem in their life. When I get angry and I say things to them, it just compounds the problem. And my kids remember it. Do your kids have, good, have enough pictures of you doing good things, like riding on a sled with them, like kissing your wife, men, like praising your own father, keeping your promise to be there when you, to see them receive an award? I decided that I'm just going to give my kids the present, that I'm going to be fully present whenever I'm in their presence. I just tried to see how many times I could say present or presence in that one sentence. We're going to make our own memory box and we're going to fill it with treasures. But here's the thing. It's not enough for me to be fully present. Okay? That's not enough. If we stop there, we've done good. But I want us to take one more step. I have to realize that... I have to realize it and communicate it in a way that my wife and my children understand. Because whenever there's communication, communication doesn't happen if I just speak. If you don't hear it and it doesn't register with you, there has been no communication. I have to communicate this next point to my wife and my children in a way that they understand that we are incredible together. If you take nothing else out of today, I want you to think about that. We are better together than we are apart. We can be incredible together. 
Mr. Incredible, at one point in, in the movie, he's been living a lie. His wife still thinks that he's doing the insurance business when he's actually doing superhero work behind her back. That's a pretty funny part of the story. Um, when she finds out that he's been deceiving her, she falls apart and she needs some advice from Edna. Edna is one of my favorite people in this movie. And here's the advice she gets. Pay attention to what Edna says to her because it's the same advice that I want us to take from this. That's one of my favorite parts. Sometimes we need an Edna to smack us and say, what in the world? You need to remember who you are. You need to remember who your spouse is. You need to remember that your children are not a nuisance. They're a blessing from Almighty God. And we need to be reminded when we've drifted apart. Um, maybe Elastigirl needed to read this next verse. First Peter 4, 8. Above all, love each other deeply because love covers a multitude of sins. No matter what happens in your life, you need people around you who love you, who are for you. Our homes need to be a safe place that our children can come and recuperate from the junk that happens in life. Right? I'll tell you this. I love coming home. My wife has made my, my home a palace for me. It is a sanctuary. We come home. We have a good time. Today, she started cooking last night. She said, uh, what do you want for... She said, do you want to go out to eat or do you want your favorite meal? And I said, I want my favorite meal. Forget the restaurants. My wife can cook. And so she started cooking last night. I said, is it too much trouble? And she goes, I will gladly do it. Man, she's been cooking. I can't wait to get home and eat the ribs. Carolina honeys. Rib oh, my. It is good. Anyway, sorry. We need to make our homes places that are safe that people want to go to, that people want to hang out. We want our house to be the place that our kids bring their, their friends we didn't do that when I was growing up. We didn't hang out at my house because it was no fun. We're going to make our, our place a fun place for our, our children to hang out when they become teenagers. Now, knowing that people on your side will make it, make it possible for you to make enormous strides. Because every one of us comes into our marriages, into our lives with, with emotional baggage that we need to unpack. Having someone love you no matter what will enable you to unpack those bags and make progress towards Christ and make progress towards other people. Ladies, at one time, you thought he was Mr. Incredible. Maybe not lately. Maybe it's been years ago. But at one time, he floated your boat. Men, at one time, she tickled your fancy. 
Right? There was a time. I don't care what's been going on lately. There was a time. We need to remember. We need to go back to those times and do some of the things that, that we did back then and show our family that we love them. It's not enough to tell them. We've got to show them. Um, maybe today would be a good time to start. Guys, when's the last time you really paid attention to your family, to your wife, to your kids? Now, I'm not talking sports center. And it doesn't work to mute it and put, you know, closed caption on there so you're still reading what's going on. We've had a guy do that. And you'll be miserable if you live a life filled with distance from other people because God created us to be together. When God created the first humans, He created the physical family. If you go back and read Genesis, He created the physical family then. When Jesus Christ came to the earth, He died and was resurrected again. He created the spiritual family. And the spiritual family, with all of its problems, with all of our warts and all of our blemishes, the spiritual family will outlive your physical family. So we better start figuring out how to get along together, how to live together. Because when we pool our resources, we can reach more people for Christ. When we, when we share our talents, we're able to do things like this that we could not do separately. And there are all kinds of talents out there that God has given you. That will be taken from you if you do not use them for His glory. When we start figuring out how God has gifted us and we start using those things, we become incredible together. Our families, we need to remind our, our families that, we're, that they are incredible gifts from God. And we need to remind each other that we are incredible together. Now, I want you to watch one last video. This is not from The Incredibles, but I think that you will never, ever forget this video.
I bawled the first time I saw that. And the key in there for me was without his dad, Rick couldn't run. Without his son, the dad wouldn't run. So together they run. And I got to thinking, you know, what's my excuse? I mean, that dad is incredible because he's doing it for, for the love of a son. We can make some choices today to be different. To, to leave this place and not do the same things we've always done. And we can become incredible to our family. Because we're better together than we are apart. I gave you um, those incredible cards and I want you to take those out. I don't even know how many lines are on there. Five lines. Six lines. And I want you just to take a moment and I want you to write down the names of people who are incredible in your life that you need to leave this place and not only tell them that they're incredible, you need to show them that they're incredible. Write down some names.